Welcome to Running Down the Clock, where we break down all of this week's big news, events, and controversies from the National Football League. Over the next 45 minutes, we will give you basic fan perspective and opinion on the most important stories and moments happening now. So, let's start the clock. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Running Down the Clock. This is Season 2. Episode one, I guess. I'm here with Puya Ricey, as always. Uh, I'm Tyler Walzak, by the way. Um, I'm, I, I, this, yeah, this is a new I'm season. I'm very thankful to be back. I did not think I was getting re-signed to another contract on this. Well, we were originally in talks to do the off-season. I don't know if you remember that or not. Oh, yeah. I prepared a lot for that. And frankly, I gave up on the NFL after it all fell through and all my work went for naught. Well, the network doesn't think that we have listeners. So they were... We're not going to do that. We're not going to put money in the off season when you two have nothing to talk about to begin with. The network is the only one telling me we do have listeners. The only reason why I keep showing up every week. Okay, Puya. So here's what we're doing. This is the first episode of season two. We are thankful to be back. Thank you for the Ordinary Podcast um, and Jordan Dallar Coltman specifically for bringing us back this year. Um, we're not going to break down each division weekly like we did last year. We're going to do the conference counterparts. So what that means is we're going to do the NFC. South and the AFC South this week, um, and then next week we'll do the East or the West of both conferences. We don't know yet. Maybe North. Who knows? But this week we're doing the South, and the reason we're doing the South is because one recent retiree from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, probably the greatest football player of all time, Tom Brady, will not be playing football this year. Thoughts? Go. I know you have a lot to say. I got go. so much to say on Tom Brady. Number one, he's Definitely the greatest football player of all time, only for the fact that you look at how poor of an athlete he is. He is maybe the worst athlete in the NFL, yet somehow he's made himself the best player in the NFL's history. I disagree with that completely. Rodrigo Blankenship might be a worse athlete. I'll give you that. Who's worse? There's a lot of worse athletes. Why is he the worst athlete? What makes him bad about an athlete? Just name one. He has the best arm that's ever thrown a football. That's That's athleticism. The best arm to ever throw a football is athleticism. Yeah. Uh, what, what else do you need? What, what was the guy, the uh, fat guy, uh, uh, Cologne, on... Um... Why are you comparing anyone as... Because by... he was an arm. First of all, you're comparing Brady to just a guy you can't name. You just call him fat guy. <laughs> so it doesn't make... And then the other guy was a kicker, who he is was... a Buccaneers kicker right now, by the way. He was the last guy on the Montreal Expos, Bartolo Cologne. Yeah, who were long bombs. Terrible athlete. Why? Great arm. Why is Great he a terrible arm. athlete? It's just out of shape. But he made a ton of money as an athlete. I'm not saying they're not good at what they do. I think Tom Brady is the best football player as any football player. Football players players are athletes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm comparing him to other NFL players. I'm not comparing him to Joe Sixpack on the couch. I'm not comparing him to me. I'm comparing him to other NFL players. Guys who can literally run past him at any point, backwards, forwards, so sideways. Faster guys. So he's guys not the who can jump guy. over him. Guys who can catch over him. He, he can't, can't catch. By. He can't run. He can't do any of the typical athletic But he doesn't need to. Like well, you're not no, gonna, he doesn't you're need not gonna to. base your entire life based on like I need to have all these skills acquired when you just need one and that is an arm. He doesn't need to, you're right. And he I agree. He is the best NFL player that's ever lived. He has more Super Bowls than any team has Super Bowls. He has I seven. agree. I agree. He is the best player that's ever lived because he figured out how to be successful at his role. In what? Like in football? In football. Which is a sport. It is a sport. So that makes him an athlete. I didn't say he's not an athlete. I say he's the least athletic football player that's been in the NFL in the last 
X many years. But how do you wait? Why is there's there's other quarterbacks that play do you the position like him? Remember him trying Just to fat catch guy? a ball? You just say fat guy now? Not nope. fat guy. Okay, remember him trying to catch a ball when? He can't catch. He can't. Doesn't run. need to. Doesn't need to. But he can't do it. Doesn't if he need to. to. Doesn't matter. Doesn't need to. But he's tried. I'm sure, to. if he's wanted to, but he could. He's tried to. He wanted to in the Super Bowl. Do you remember when he lost to the Eagles? He tried to catch that ball. That was a catchable ball. Bad throw. If Tom Brady was throwing that <laughs> ball to him. He would have caught it. Would have hit him right in the hands. Who's the last uh, quarterback you remember throwing himself a pass? Throwing himself a pass? Yeah, Brett, Brett Favre, isn't it? Off the back no, of I head. think it's Marcus Mariota. Maybe threw himself a pass. Oh, he hit somebody right and came back. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, Brett Favre's first throw in the NFL was uh, to himself. Nobody gives a shit. Brett Nobody Favre's a horrible a shit. person. You hate him. Anyway, I was always thinking one thing about Tom Brady. He's gone. This is the first year of NFL football, which I can remember in a long time without Tom Brady. And that's going to be for a lot of people that are our age. Yeah. I always thought you'd do better than Giselle. Is that weird to say? Like, she's not ugly. She's very attractive, clearly. She's a supermodel. One like, of there's the, no doubt. One I'm of the comparing, goat supermodels of I'm all time. I'm comparing her to the other level of supermodels. I always thought like you'd do Adriana better. Adriana Lima, Marissa Miller. Sure, sure. I don't even know those names, but yeah. You don't know those ugly. names, but you know Giselle's name. Only from Tom Brady. You don't know Adriana Lima? I think I do. I think I do. She's you Brazilian. Marissa Miller? Brazilian, no? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Even though uh, Giselle's Brazilian too, isn't she? Well, I'll walk up. Yeah. Anyways, okay, let's talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers without Tom Brady. So some changes, obviously. Todd Bowles is still the head coach. We don't know how well that went with Brady last year. Obviously, the offense was not great, but the offensive line was not great. This year, they brought in Baker Mayfield, who had like kind of a resurrection of quarterback skills with the L.A. Rams last year. I think I, I disagree with that. He had one game that counted for nothing in which... He was trash all game, and he came back with no timeouts in the last minute and a half. He had a heroic uh, performance in his first game, but realistically, like Rams were never playing for anything. Nothing, none of the games he played for them mattered. And we've always said this about him: he's not a guy that's going to win you a game. He's just a guy that can maintain a game, and manage a game. He's a game manager. Yeah, over the course of a but doesn't that say season, something? Isn't there quarterbacks out there that in this league? In this other division, sort of the two divisions we're talking about here that are just game managers, that, that all you need sometimes is just a game manager. Sure. So if we take the elite quarterbacks who can win you games, oh, who can turn about elite. No, no. We separate them. Then you take the middle of the pack guys who are just decent guys, maybe the Dak Prescotts and stuff, who are just good quarterbacks. And then you have the guys who can just manage a game. Baker Mayfield might be at the top of the level of the third tier of quarterbacks who can just manage a game, but they're never going to do anything outstanding blow your mind are they no the the guys at um training camp with him now think that he is good enough to lead this team that's what i will say is uh, the reports are that they believe in baker mayfield the coach doesn't yet though because he is not yet named a starter for the tampa bay buccaneers it's between baker mayfield and kyle trask who they drafted two years ago uh as a second round quarterback to sit behind brady and maybe one day get that he's out of florida i think something like that um, I mean, they had the wide receivers are there in Tampa Bay to do well. Like Mike Evans is back, Chris Godwin's back, Russell Gage is back. They got uh, Rashad White is their new RB one. He's going to split time with Chase Edmonds. We all remember him from the Dolphins last year, and I think Arizona Cardinals before that. I think I'm right about that. I agree. They're, the the thing with um, Kyle Trask is he was behind Tom Brady. Nobody ever expected to see him do anything. Right? He 
he's unproven, but he's also a guy who never had the opportunity. There was no right. way he was ever going to play unless Tom Brady got injured. That was the only way. Tom Brady had some slumps. So you think there's some stuff in Kyle Trask that we don't know about yet? I think he's a wild card. We know who Baker Mayfield is. Right. I think we know his ceiling. So who would you go with? And Knowing that Kyle Trask had a great college career, he was a second-round draft pick, he was supposed to be one of those guys that maybe could come in and be a game manager in the NFL, but right now you're saying that Baker Mayfield is a game manager, so who would you start if you are so, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? As I've said many Todd times, Bulls? I don't know anything about the statistics of sports and all that. I'm more of the psychology of sports. I like the player who sat behind not just a great, the literal all-time great at that position, which we already discussed. If he's a quarterback of good character, he would have learned more than any other uh, quarterback would have had the opportunity to have learned from Tom Brady. If he utilized that time playing behind Tom Brady, he should actually have a one-up on a lot of other young quarterbacks in the league. So, do you think? Don't you think, think that Tom Brady would have said like, "Hey, they're in good hands with this Kyle Trask guy"? No, because he never—he's a competitive guy. Why would he ever let Kyle Trask have a chance? And I don't think he cares about who's behind him. He's looking for his yeah, but, wins. But you just said that Kyle Trask is sitting behind one of the greatest. But if one of that—if that one great does not want him to be in the game room with him, in the film room with him, like like looking at these things going through plays and defenses together so I don't how know, is that helpful at all I don't know if he is in that room like I'm you know we're not behind That's what I'm saying it's like don't you think like like t- just well, today you, we're recording this on the 27th of July it's going to come out when you hear it it'll probably be sometime in August we don't know I don't know it'll be it'll be the Thursday after we record it but I might be cut by then we, we both we both might not be here um so, but Aaron Rodgers came out and said, or Jordan Love said he got a message from Aaron Rodgers saying like, hey, just go out there, have fun, do what you're doing, you're, you're, you're going to be great if you just keep doing what, what we had talked about the last couple of years. So, but Tom Brady's never said that about Kyle Trask. We don't know that he said that. We don't know that he didn't say it. And also, the fact that if he didn't say it also doesn't mean that he doesn't believe it. But it's all irrelevant anyway, because you can learn a lot from your competitor too. That's the thing about it, right? You can learn so much more from losing than from winning. So for Kyle Trask, that's what I'm saying. It depends a lot on his character of an athlete. He had a great opportunity to learn from the literal greatest player of all time in that position. Not athlete. No, not the greatest no. athlete. Bo Jackson's the greatest athlete of all time that I can think of. He's not a quarterback. He's not a quarterback. Couldn't play quarterback. Bo well, Jackson couldn't play quarterback. He could snap a baseball bat over his head easy. He was no problem. <laughs> uh, okay, let's move on from the Buccaneers because, I mean, that's all that really is there to talk about with the Buccaneers. Well, is, personally, before is, we move on from the Buccaneers, yeah. I think they decline. I don't think they are the division champs this year. I think this is a down year for them. I don't have faith in their head coach. I like their coach before uh, Bruce um, Bruce Arians. I thought he was doing great things. And I think their new coach, it's going to take a little bit more time for him to kind of get to that successful Todd level. Bowles, who was their Todd coach Bowles, last yeah. year. Yeah. yeah, and last this is, year. This is his second year coaching. This year. And last year was a down year for the Bucks. Well, 100%, yeah. Yeah, they squeak, the only reason they squeaked into the playoffs was because the rest of the division was abysmal. Yeah. The other teams had every well, opportunity talk, to take over. Let's talk about this rest of the division. So let's go on to the team that had the number one draft pick this year, and the reason they had the number one draft pick is because they the traded Chicago the Bears? Chicago Bears. Oh, no, they, oh, sorry. they traded it. They traded 
DJ Moore and their first round pick to the Chicago Bears um, for the first overall pick so that they could select Alabama quarterback Bryce Young. Um, he will start this year, I believe. It's Andy Dalton who was behind him. They brought Andy Dalton in to kind of mentor him. Um, Bryce Young is pretty small, though. He's a short guy. If you watch any video of him at training camp right now, he's look. He, it's hard for him to look over top of his offensive lineman. I've always been someone that's defended short guys. Always will. Always will be. And I don't think it's a big thing in the NFL as much as people want to make it a storyline. Um, but nonetheless, it is going to be a storyline from now until he proves that it doesn't matter. Kyler Murray did it. He was Offensive Rookie of the Year when he came into the NFL, but things have not gone well for him since. Um, does the future look similar for Bryce Young, knowing that he can't see over his offensive lineman, or the fact that they brought in Frank Reich, the offensive mind and head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, does that help him out at all? Like, what is the, What do you think is happening in Carolina right now? I think Carolina is doing some things to get better. I think they're stepping in the right direction for some a team whose quarterback has they haven't seen a good quarterback since Cam Newton took him to the um, the Super Bowl and that infamous play where he refused to dive on the ball. Didn't it's, want to get hurt. Yeah, and it seems like they have gone downhill since in the quarterback position. They haven't been able to find their guy. They had Baker Mayfield. They had Sam Darnold. They had there's a couple other guys in there too since. Um, and it hasn't worked out. I don't think this is the year that they make the impact. I think it's tough for the rookie quarterback, especially one who maybe doesn't have all the physical attributes. There might be a little more adjusting for the speed of play in the NFL and maybe just the sheer size of players for him to adjust. I don't want to say, I don't know enough about him to say that he's going to be a bust. I just don't think this is his year to break out. I think it'll take him a year or two to kind of get more comfortable and develop. So I don't think the Carolina is taking the division. I think they're trending in the right direction, though. So they'll be better than they were last year. Like, if you're a Panthers fan, you just have to say, like, enjoy watching these young players. Exactly. You know, take it for what it's worth. It's a development year. Just look at the positives. Because so often, like you said, people will be focusing on if he has a bad game, oh, he's too small, he's too small, he's too small. Mm-hmm. And I does that get in his head? Does that ruin his psyche? It's so easy in the NFL to ruin the psyche of a young quarterback. Specifically quarterback, yeah. So much is put on their shoulders, and it's such a transitional point from going from college where you're a big shot into the NFL where you know, the rest of your future literally depends on your performance, yeah. right? Yeah. You could become a nobody and be working at a used car dealership, or you could be the man. Yep. And it, it weighs on people, right? A lot of guys are able to break through that, like we saw with... Um, uh, Trevor uh, Trevor Lawrence. Yep, who we'll talk about later today as well. Yep. He had a terrible first year. Yep, but it didn't shatter him because there was a lot of factors to it, and he stuck with it. And he's one of our guys now. Oh, he's our guy now. But we'll get to him. Yeah, we'll so, stay. We'll stay. In but the, the same South thing. Now, if so. you are psychologically strong, I think you can use the development year as long as you're still given the opportunity to develop. And that's the thing when you're developing a young quarterback, you got to give him the season to develop. Like. I, that's what well, I'm that's saying. the thing is you have to no matter what. Even if he has a bad year, you have to stick with him. You have to keep feeding into his confidence because you know that that's your future. This is your guy. You rather work on the things that make you angry instead of scream at the things that make you angry. And what they've done in Carolina is they brought in guys to help him out. Now, you need, as a young quarterback, you need a wide receiver. They might not have gone out and got the best one, 
but I think they've got the best one that's been in the league for like eight years in Adam Thielen, who came from Minnesota, who was the number two wide receiver to Justin Jefferson, but he's no slouch. He is a he catches touchdowns and he does it when he finds his open space. And as a young quarterback, you just want a guy that's very good at finding open space. That's why they usually like tight ends to as their wide receiver. Uh, it's usually why they find tight ends over wide receivers is because tight ends find the little gaps in between the defenses to get open quicker. Adam Thielen's very good at that. That is a very big addition to this Carolina Panthers um, team to help this young quarterback, as well as running backs Miles Sanders to help with Chuba, Hunter, Chuba Hubbard. Um, Miles Sanders is a Pro Bowl quarterback or running back last year. But again, like I don't know how much the Pro Bowl aspect of thing means like you and i both don't give a shit about the pro bowl it's just a comp whoever the fans choose and then those guys don't want to go so they just elevate other people it doesn't pro bowls don't matter but it is has in history times been a way to um judge these players so i i think they've done a very good job of getting bryce young without overpaying getting him people around him just to help him further his career maybe not win games right away but help him mentally further his career um smart players will help do that no, I agree. That's the thing I was talking about earlier. You either let him sit back and learn, or you give him an opportunity to kind of learn from his mistakes. Yeah. And another young team in this division that's going to need to learn from their mistakes is the Atlanta Falcons. So Arthur Smith, I believe it's his second year coaching this team. A lot of first and second year head coaches in this uh, in this division. Um, they drafted Bijan Robinson, a rookie running back, to be their guy. They run the ball, I think, top three out of any teams in the league last year. They did it with Tyler Algier, who they drafted the year before. Um, But they went out and got Bijan this year, who's supposed to be the guy. They brought in Tyler Algier, who finished the season last year. And Bijan Robinson is supposed to be a top 10 running back this year, right away off his rookie season. They will run the ball a lot. Their quarterback is no longer Marcus Mariota. They're starting Desmond Ritter who was their third-round pick in 2022, so last year's third-round pick. Um, he threw two touchdowns and no interceptions um, in the last four games of the season, the four games that he started. So, I mean, that's it, just two touchdowns, which is not a lot, but also zero interceptions, which is huge. Refresh my memory. Did Marcus Mariota not walk away from Remember, the he team? Just, yeah, he just stopped and walked away. And so is he in the NFL now? No. He's gone. gone. It's over. Done. Yeah, I feel. Why like would you sign tra- him after that? If you turn your back on the team, that's quit on any team. Why would another yeah. team sign you? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. So that was an odd move, but I don't think we ever got the real answer to that. But also, I don't think anyone really cared because his play was on the decline anyway. But Atlanta fans didn't care. Tell that. No, it's actually shocking this division last year how all these teams were in the race to win the division. They just couldn't win on the week that they needed to win. I think the winner of this division was either eight, eight and eight, or or no, it's because it's now it's an odd number. It's an odd number, yeah. Yeah, so they're they're games. either just one game above five hundred or one game below five hundred. I think they're one game below. And it was yeah, it was like, the box. It was, it was the box. Yeah. yeah, it was brutal. It was brutal watching this division last year, and what Atlanta's done this year to help with Bijan and Desmond Ritter, who was going to start. They brought in Taylor Taylor Heineke who was with Washington before, who actually wasn't too bad with Washington. I think it's a great backup. I think if you need a backup QB, Taylor Heineke is your guy. He was our guy. What we liked about him was he went and got a new pair of Jordans for the team colors of the team he beat each week. Oh, yeah. That yeah, was that, was, that, was, yeah. That, that was our favorite little Taylor Heineke fact. I think it's a great signing. If you need a backup 
quarterback that's just a little bit of a veteran. I think he's been in the league four or five years. That's a that's a good dude. Went to the XFL. That's a good guy to have in the back, like to trust that he can come in and at least put a game together or two games together until yeah. you can readjust what your plan is for the rest of the season. I mean, they they still have Kyle Pitts, Drake London, two huge guys. Drake London is a wide receiver. Kyle Pitts is famously their top pick tight end from a couple years ago who hasn't he's got the yards he's got the yards to succeed but he does not score a lot of touchdowns he needs to start going scoring touchdowns yeah i feel like these tight ends are now overshadowed by the play of the robert gronkowski's and more recently the um travis kelsey's where these guys just put up monster numbers yeah but how come there's so few of them when you're always trying to find the next guy like kyle pitts is supposed to be the next gronkowski does he play the same way He's an offensive. Well, mean, that's the thing is, do they utilize him the same way? as Those two have both had great quarterbacks for the periods Brady of their careers, where they've yeah. been amazing too. Yeah. So it's tough to say, you know. But I don't know. Maybe he blocks real well. I don't nah, know. He's not. Nobody's really block, watching yeah. the blocks. Nobody's. Nobody does watch the blocks. <laughs> I don't. Um, Make all the difference in the game, though. The other big thing they did in the Falcons, which is only a note to me specifically because I'm a Lions fan, is that they traded for Jeff like Okuda. Oh, yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Oh. Just a little bit. Um, they got the Lions, Jeff Okuda, who could bounce back. He just needed to change the scenery. He needed a, a new place to try to find himself from when he was at Ohio State and in college when he was the third overall pick in the NFL draft to the Lions. So Jeff Okuda could make a comeback here. That's the only thing of note other than with the Falcons that, that I have, really. The Falcons will Falcon. I don't think they're going to be very good this year. Now, should we move on? Well, we got one team left in this division. This team, I'm picking this team to win it. Win the division this year. Well, that's because last year you're like MVP candidate, your guy, your boy, the dude that you would die on any hill for. Derek Carr is now QB1 of the New Orleans Saints. He is the Raiders' all time leader in passing yards at 35,222 and passing touchdowns at 217 after just nine seasons and with that's the a team. Historic team. Yeah. The Raiders are a historic team. So that says a lot about this, that man, says a does lot. it not? It does. I don't know if they've had many very good quarterbacks in their history. Rich Gannon? Rich, Rich Gannon brought them to the Super Bowl. They got smoked by the Buccaneers. Sore. I just wanted Jerry Rice to win that one. Why? I was hurt. I like Jerry. Why? Because I used to grow up as a kid going to San Francisco, visit my uncles, used to bike across the Golden Gate Bridge, and Jerry was a pretty big deal in uh, San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, I would say so, yeah. He was a pretty big deal. <laughs> I would say so. Um, so here's the thing with... The Saints, that this is a telling stat that I think actually is going to work in their favor is that 11 games last year, there were games that they were one score games. The Saints were five and six in those games. Bringing in Derek Carr, who's got 33 game winning drives and 28 fourth quarter comebacks, are the most by a quarterback through their first nine seasons in the NFL. He can win those one score games, he can come back and steal a couple of those. So instead of going five and six like they did last year, maybe they get seven of those wins or eight of those become wins. The only thing I'll say about Derek Carr, I mostly jumped on his bandwagon because I just had a soft spot for the Raiders. But I don't think he's as terrible as he got credit for or kind of blamed for. Only for the fact that the Raiders, they got problems all the way through that organization. And they've had it before he was there. We'll see this year if they have him after he's there and he's been there. But you're right. It seems like his ability to do well in the last uh, portion of a game and the Saints' inability to do well in the last portion of a game 
that might match up to actually winning the entirety of the game. But one thing I do like about the uh, the Saints is the addition of somebody who, this might be a little heartbreaking for you, is somebody who led the league with for running backs in touchdowns last year with 17. Jamal Williams. Yeah, Jamal Williams left the Detroit Lions, went to the New Orleans Saints. Um, 17 touchdowns last year, by, by far more than anybody else. Now, the reason they brought him in is a little troubling, though. Alvin Kamara, their guy, is in a little bit of hot water still. We all, we've all we been talking about it all last year. Um, he allegedly assaulted somebody in Vegas last year. There is videotape of it. His trial is set for July 31st, so we might know everything in a week. We This podcast might come out, and things could already be settled. Unfortunately, but the, it doesn't look good for us because we're recording this before his trial, and this will air after his trial, so we yeah. might need to do some creative editing. I don't know. Who does that? Gary? Get Gary the intern on Gary it. the intern will do it. Great. Um, now, the other thing about this team, so they got Alvin Kamara, who's been there for a while, a veteran of the New Orleans Saints, might not be on the field for the beginning of this season. We don't know what's going to happen. But also, Michael Thomas, one of the wide receiver greats in New Orleans history, kind of not existent anymore. And they've got Chris Olave bringing in the new group of young kids in his second season out of Ohio State. Was great last year. Remind Michael me, Thomas is done, right? Remind me, Olave... He had a great start of the season. Did he finish strong? He finished stronger than he started. Okay, excellent. Now, I personally have no faith in Michael Thomas, only because I feel like he had a toe injury. He missed 14 games because of a toe injury. It might have been a severe toe injury. But I hear stories of athletes playing with separated shoulders. You know, a rib snapped off, you know, a millimeters away or you know, Matt, Matthew Stafford, fractions of inches away. Matthew Stafford won the American a, thing. Matthew Stafford won a game with a broken collarbone. Yeah, through a winning touchdown with a yeah. broken collarbone. Playing through pain, and when you see like what he hasn't played, how many? He's played ten games. He's played since, ten games since twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. That's three years ago. Three years ago, he's played ten games since. He missed fourteen games due to a toe. I just feel like it's hard to kind of get your body. To get up for the games. I'll tell you this. I used to play rugby as a kid. Grew up. Played after high school. And the team I was on, it folded. So I had to look for a new team. Took a couple years off. Came back. And my body didn't have it in it anymore. Like getting my foot stepped on. Hurt for two weeks. You're 14 years old. No, no. I started when I was about like 13. Okay. Or so. I'm, oh, talking, sorry, I was off by a year. <laughs> no, I was, I was probably 20, 21 at this point. Okay, there you go. A little yeah. context goes a long way. Well, I said I played after high school. But anyway, I had a few years off, and trying to get back into it, it just gets harder and harder the older you get. What is he, 30 years old now? He's got to be at least that, yeah. I just don't think he's going to be the same as he was in his peak season. Not to say that he can't have a good season. Fortunately for him, I don't think he's competing against any amazing uh, receivers in this league uh, in his division outside of Mike Evans who's been a perennial superstar for yeah one of the more um, consistent yeah. top wide receivers in the league and Gary our intern here says 30 years old um, born in 1993 is Michael Thomas so but but I mean those guys you can kind of look past now because they have if something happens with the Kamara case and he gets suspended Jamal Williams is there to step in but Michael Thomas doesn't hit the field anymore. It doesn't matter to them, right? Like they have Chris Olave now. Like that's 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 a huge advantage 
I think, to get rid of your old guy and be like, you know what, we don't really need to depend on him anymore. Instead of wondering always every game, every week, is he going to play, is he going to play? Because I don't think too many of the fans or them really care about that right now. Well, that's the entire structure of how they try to set up these NFL teams that as the guy's health gets depleted, you just have somebody to step in his place, and that's kind of the big running back. So here is the running back thing. There's three running backs this offseason that were franchise tethered, meaning that they can't leave their team, and their team can basically play them on a one-year contract at an average of the top four players at their position in terms of money-wise. So I think the running back one was like 11 to $14 million, somewhere it maybe it might have been ten ten million dollars a year, somewhere around that. It's low based off of what wide receivers are getting, based off what quarterbacks are getting. Running backs are not happy about this. Specifically, Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs, um, Saquon Barkley. Now, do they have anything? Because they got together on Zoom to try to come up with ways to like get rid of this and make their position more important again. But sometimes, like you're just your position, it just isn't, and you're you are replaceable and there's nothing you can do about that. And you just kind of have to accept that that is what the NFL is doing these days. And maybe when it comes back, everything's a pendulum. So maybe it comes back the other way in like five, six years. I granted these guys probably won't be around, but then it goes back to running back heavy where they get more money. Wide receivers, maybe get less, but quarterbacks will always get their money. Let's not even bring that into a conversation, but what, like what can the running backs do? If anything, can they do anything to get more money? The reality of the NFL seems that it's been since it blew up in popularity and revenues, you know, like it's such a powerful entity now. I don't know that there's anything they can do because there's still kids going to school trying to make it to the NFL. And if there is a gap that like this is your opportunity, be a running back, there's not a lot of running backs right now, the kids will try and do it. I think more than that, though, is it is such a position that is hyped and valued at a younger age you look up to running backs like wow barry sanders was so good emmett smith guys look up to like some of your favorite football plays are either the wildest catch you've ever seen or that just massive run the straight arms you know stiff arming guys out of your way get off me yeah just so that's why kids breaking tackles yeah they want to come up and play running back but if the money's not there does that change the glamorous part of the position well, there's the other side of it. I, what I'm trying to say is that I think the NFL just holds so much power, though it's so weighted in their favor. There's positions that, with the evolution of the game, don't really exist so much anymore. Tailbacks? Fullbacks? Well, fullbacks essentially gone. That's what I mean. They don't. like fullbacks The game gone. does evolve in a way that your position might not exist well, for a while. How Obviously, about- the running back... You know, the ball carrier is going to exist for the, the time being, right? Like, it's having a good run game is crucial, especially it for winning. Opens up the passing game. Yeah. But to see how it evolves, like, I don't know. Will we see more dual threat receiver running back combo players coming down the line? Well, that's what kind of already what it is. But, I mean, if you're a running back in the league right now, like a halfback essentially is what they were, tailback, Austin Eckler, Saquon, these guys that we're talking about. Maybe they should actually just have a conversation with the fullbacks. That position no longer essentially exists in the NFL, just within certain teams and certain setups on offense. But talk to them, be like, hey, sometimes it's not fair. Sometimes the position does die. Sometimes the position 
changes in a way where it's not as important as before, or there's just so your the league is depleted with so many good ones that it doesn't make sense to pay one guy to run the ball 400, 300 times a year and pay three guys to run it each 150 times, 200 times. So let's get down to the actual issue that is kind of the, the cause and effect of it. What's happening, if my understanding is correct, teams are utilizing a skilled running back for the, let's say, three, four years of his lifespan and just burning him out, using him to the point where, you know, he's just degraded. Yeah. His, you know, he's been yeah, run down. Run down. Tires are gone. And it's easier because you got him on his rookie contract. You just don't need to sign him for that next contract. You just go to the next guy because yeah. there's no shortage of running backs coming through the draft, right? Yeah. What position are running backs being drafted at now? Well, you rarely get one in the first round. This year we had two, um, if not more, actually. I know we had at least two, Jameer Gibbs and um, Bijan Robinson. But you're right. like It's rare for them to go in the first round. You usually maybe get so one. So you're not ch- chomping at the bit to no. get a running back in the first no, round. You can, you you can get them. You can get two of them in round three and five. There you go. So you know that they're they're there. Yeah. They're available. So you can just refill your roster with the running backs needed. So it's a structural thing of what to do about it. And realistically, until the entire NFL in terms of players, get on their side and back them as if they say, hey, we will all sit out until the running backs get their fair share, which I don't see happening. What can they really do about it? Well, so they can't. And the NFLPA uh, is is what's going to have to make this change. Is The next time they have, like, they go to the bargaining table with the, the owners and the NFL teams, they have to say, these positions tend to die out quickly in terms of their lifespan and their how long they play in the NFL. The running back is one of those, the main position. So instead of like your rookie contract being for three or four years, like a lot of it is, maybe the running backs is a two-year. Your rookie for two-year, prove yourself, and then you get that second contract, which gets you over the hump, instead of being four years worn out and then people being like, we'll just grab another rookie. We don't need you again. So I, you know, obviously a lot of people have thrown out ideas for this. One of them I thought yeah, was interesting. Yeah, we just did. It's the show. I just did. Are you shitting on my idea right away? I just no. brought it up. No. I'm thinking of another it's idea. kind of a condescending remark. <sighs> well, edit it out. Get the, <laughs> get the guy to edit it out. Jason, Jason, who is he? What is his name? Jason, edit this out. Someone was bringing up one, that you cannot draft a running back. So every running back entering the league goes undrafted, so they can just negotiate contracts based off anything. So there's no set rules. But on everybody would lead to a one-year contract. To that start. Be, to start, yes. So then they're only on one year, so and then after that... So essentially the same thing I just said. I didn't listen to what you said. <laughs> I said two years. I said two years. So then it's different. Yeah, it's not different. It's the same. But you do get drafted, but your draft will go up. If people say, oh, it's a two-year contract, he will be good. We're not going to find another one in like four years because if essentially you run a guy in the ground for two years, he's got three or four years left with him. That's a reasonable contract instead of running a guy out for four years knowing that he's only got two left. Yeah, it just, the only thing is on the other side of it after those two years, and this could apply at any point, what if you just refuse to give them a longer-term contract? You're like, well, we're only going to give you another two years. So essentially, you're only getting two years at first, you get two years after that. Well, no, because then you get, essentially, they want six years out of you. You're on your four-year or your three-year after drafting, and then they're going to like, we'll we'll give you one-year franchise, see what you do, and then they can franchise you again. So there's a problem with the franchise tag for running backs, and it was essentially meant to originally be because 
your best player you might lose to free agency and then you're like oh shit like we have to rebuild our entire team because the way the nfl is so specific about having the same type of guys in your offense now that's got to change when it comes to running backs and i think that does have to change through their rookie deals and and stuff like that but i mean that's why it's better to draft a a rookie running back later because i think the deal is less um so you can just you don't have to pay a running back as much money which leads to the problem once again. Again, there's, I don't think there's a solve to it other than the position has declined, and you kind of just like I hate to say this, but like, tough. Like, yeah, I think tough. the 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 league and the owners have found a loophole to exploit the position. It could happen at any position. Yeah, it just, just so happens to, to be right now the offense yeah. in the NFL is leading to wide receivers and the passing game. So, what can you do? But I can tell you what we can do is we can start talking about the AFC South, which I am excited to talk about this year. And that is because last year we started off with the AFC South in our divisional previews to start the show off. The first ever episode of this show um, was about the AFC South. And we shit on every one of those teams. The reason we started with that um, division was because we did not care about it. We don't care about it and all the teams sucked and we didn't give a shit i gotta tell you one thing right now is that i love one of these teams are we not gonna shit on pretty much all the teams again this year i don't see how it's gonna be any different than last year shitting on the teams i've got a much different approach to these teams this year last year the titans go we did not think they were gonna do anything i think to his credit mike rabel as much as some people got some awful stories from him as a person in New England or as a teammate or whatever, from what I've heard, well, he's I old could school. be completely wrong. He's old school. However, he seems like he knows what he's doing with the coaching because I think they performed above our expectations. 100% they overperform every single week. This year, I don't think they got worse. I think they did get better. As long as Derrick Henry can stay Derrick Henry, which... He seems to stay Derrick Henry so far. He's 29 this year. Gary, the intern, just told us that. He's 29 this year. Usually running backs fall off at 30, so you can argue that he's got a year left in him. Now, at the receiver position, that's what we were kind of going at them about all last season. They got no receivers. Why did they let A.J. Brown go? Okay, so... Here's the thing about the Tennessee Titans, and I don't know if they got better this year. I disagree with you on that because there's one thing. Well, let me address the A.J. Brown thing first. Yes, they let him go last year, um, and they signed DeAndre Hopkins this offseason. So was that a mistake? Did they realize they made a mistake by letting A.J. Brown go, so they had to go out and get DeAndre Hopkins? Or is this just a completely different thing? Um, where it's like, oh, you know what? We do need a we do need a wide receiver one, and DeAndre's out there. Maybe we have a shot because they still believe that they can get into the playoffs. Um, and doesn't AJ Brown is the what the production AJ Brown put up last year is DeAndre Hopkins capable of doing that still? But AJ Brown didn't put up that production for them. He put it up for a great Eagles team. Okay, he was there two years ago, right? Yeah. So. My thing about uh, Hopkins, I always loved Hopkins because one thing you and I have always discussed is we hate receivers with no hands. I don't care how good any other skill set you have. is If you got no hands, you're on the no hands team and we don't love you. Hopkins, one thing he's been known for is just having, literally having hands. That was his best skill set of anything. He didn't drop balls. Never does. And so 
he was on the um, Cardinals, and he didn't really make much of an impact on the Cardinals. He only played nine games last year for He him. did. But even in those nine games, how well did he do? I don't remember really he seeing He almost him. topped 1,000 yards. He's 717 yards, three touchdowns. Okay. Which is not bad. 64 receptions is not a terrible for nine games. It's not. No, he is. He is a Hall of Fame level guy. You do expect solid production out of him. But, and that's also with a kind of questionable quarterback situation now. Big time. With um, Kyler Murray, I think the. What's the the phrase I'm looking for? The, the, The ink on his career hasn't dried yet. He can still go two different ways. Okay. He could still be kind of somebody who never quite lived up to expectation, or he could turn around. Personally, I don't think that's the organization for him with the way things are going to turn around. But anyway. Should go to the Titans? Do you think he made a mistake? No, no. I'm saying with the Kyler Murray situation. Oh, yeah, now, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. going now to another quarterback who I don't think his quarterback is a difference maker. I think he's maybe more of a traditional. He's a traditional game manager. He is t- Brian Tannehill right now is scheduled as their QB1. In Tennessee, he is a game manager at best. Now, they've drafted last year, or sorry, this, like a couple months ago, Will Levis in the second round, who was supposed to go top five, and embarrassingly, embarrassingly fell to the second round. And then the year before that, they drafted Malik Willis in the third round, who was supposed to go in the second round. So, so far, they've got Ryan Tannehill, game manager extraordinaire, and then they've drafted two guys that fell back in the draft by a full round. Yeah, but I don't think that's a reflection of a poor decision by the organization. I think that's a smart move. If The poor decision is a guy who was supposed to fall, and you pick him up early in the draft. You pick him up later in the draft, okay, so you see what his potential is. Right. I don't think that's a bad move by picking him up later. No, it's smart, but yeah. is, does that mean like Malik Willis didn't play great last year? No. So, like, is Will Levis going to sit there and learn behind Tannehill? And, like, do they trust Tannehill? Like, A.J. Brown is probably you as trust good. Tannehill? No, I do not. No, there you go. That's the end of that. No, because I do not. We know. Tannehill's got, what, one playoff win career? Two? I had maybe two because they went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. Oh, sorry, they went to the uh, AFC Finals. I'm thinking different sports there. Um, Love mixing in the difference. But also, let's not be stupid about this, is A.J. Brown got four-year contract with the Eagles for $100 million. DeAndre only got two years for a total of $25 million. So he's half the price per year as A.J. Brown. And equivalent, equivalent AJ, probably, yeah. in terms of skill. AJ, A.J.'s younger, more yeah. potential. But DeAndre Hopkins, his base level is probably the same as A.J. Brown's base level, no? Sure, but I think it makes sense due to their ages. What, DeAndre Hopkins, what, 30, 31? What is he? Whereas, what, A.J. Brown's 26? So that four to two years. Yep, Hopkins is 31, Gary yeah. on turn says. Oh, hit the, hit the mic there. Still Gary, eh? We haven't switched over. I th- what was his original name? Wasn't it always Gary? Is that not his name? Gary, um, what's your name? It's Jason. Oh, his name's Jason. Yeah, I don't care. Um, and what? 26 years on A.J. Brown. You nailed those. Yeah, that's pretty good. I did it's my research good. for once. Did you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did <laughs> okay. for once. Drink don't hold bottle. me to that all Drink season. a bottle of Matus. That's his research. 1.5 liters. <laughs> Anyways, I think they're getting better. I, I, better than last year, but my original point on all this is they overperformed for our expectations of them. So I think they actually have one thing that they are actually a good team together. 
when they don't have great players, they still managed to do quite well within that division last year. And I think that has something to do with their coach, that whatever it is, he's got that team working well together. And I think they'll actually be better this year. Well, all they had to do to get the playoffs last year was win that last game. They didn't win it. So no, they, but they had no business being there either. That's true. So do you think this year that you clearly sound like you think they're going to be better this year than they were last year? Yeah. Even though they haven't upgraded the quarterback, essentially. They haven't upgraded the running back, which they don't need to because it's top one maybe in the league. Yeah. Um, they have upgraded the wide receivers. But again, what does that matter without a quarterback? No, but so we could say, can DeAndre Hopkins, who actually, if we even have a um, Arizona highlight of him, that one magic catch through uh, Buffalo. Okay, he, we know he can catch the ball. Go. We, yeah, won one game for them. He won one game for the Cardinals with that magic catch. I remember the uh, little Nike Jordan emblem yep. on his uh, glove as he went through, what, three Buffalo uh, defensive backs to yep. catch that ball. That is one move that one player, DeAndre Hopkins, did to win one game, and that put them in the playoffs. If he can win them one game, that's it. That's all. That's all. DeAndre Hopkins has signed on to the Tennessee Titans for one game. That's all they need out of him. It's just one game. And that's playing. How many games did he play for the Cardinals? I think he played two years there. Yeah. I don't don't know. Anyway. Like, Regardless, like ten games total. No, maybe twenty. Games he can total. help you. He's an impactful total. enough player. He can help you win one extra game. Oh, he's a great player. Let's not. There you go. Wrong. He's he not, and he's also win. not old. All I'm saying is he can help you win one extra game. He's an impactful yeah. enough player. Is it smart for him to go to Tennessee? No. Uh, think of the other uh, legendary wide receivers that went to Tennessee to die. Yeah, like wouldn't he also had opportunities? Like he could have went to. Let's see. He could have went to the Chiefs. He could have went to the Patriots, which were probably would have been a better fit. He could have went to Baltimore Ravens. Like he could have went to so many other places. Detroit Lions would have taken him. The like only reason why I question the Tennessee move is the quarterback he's going to be playing with. That's why. But as a wide receiver, isn't that the yeah. first thing you think of? For sure, for sure. And that's why it's questionable. Like the money, it seems pretty okay for you know for who he is. But the at this injury, age. yeah, at this age with the couple injuries in the past few seasons, twenty five point five mil for two years isn't unreasonable. You know, it seems pretty fair in my books. But I just don't see him being more successful with an unproven, well, not an well, unproven well, not quarterback, unproven. but just, just a manager. Yeah. Just a manager. The, or an unproven. They might bench Tannehill and put Will yeah. Levis in there. And which I think that has to be the plan. To, yeah. Which I think that has to be the plan to develop their... Oh, you got to think so. Like, Why yeah. would you not? We, you and I are both very avid um, and aggressively positive about the fact that you should sit a quarterback for a year before you put him in the put him in the yeah. league. Um, okay, so let's talk about another team because we'll leave. We'll, I'm going to leave my favorite team in this division to the very end. It's both our favorite teams. It's both Don't our favorite teams. We're going to leave that. So we, we're we next. Texans we're going to go. No, but we're going to talk about the Texans next because, again, once again, a team in the Houston Texans where we can barely name somebody on that roster. They got a new quarterback, one that they brought in. Now, they haven't named a starter. There's a new head coach, D'Amico Ryans, who we can name because he used to be an all-pro former, linebacker. Yeah, former linebacker. Former linebacker for the Texans. Was the San Francisco's defensive coordinator. Um, has not declared a QB1 yet, but they drafted C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State with the second overall pick in the NFL draft this past uh, June or whatever it was. I don't know. Um does he start like Davis Mills has not been bad, 
does he start over Davis Mills? Like Davis Mills, remember, is like a fourth round draft pick quarterback. He's he was showing signs of getting there. They've clearly given up on them because they used their second overall pick on CJ Stroud. But like, how much do you rush him into it? Well, I think it, unfortunate for Davis Mills. He's such an expendable player in this situation where you waste just as much organizational effort developing Davis Mills as you do CJ Stroud. So that's exactly it. So you put all your effort into CJ Stroud. Why not just go with CJ Stroud? Better athletic, athletic build, you know. ability. Yeah. Now, I don't want to put you on the spot just because you're way bigger in college than I am. The difference between CJ Stroud and um, Bryce Young? It was a who's going first. Yeah. It was very much a conversation. It wasn't dead set. Bryce Young's the guy. Bryce Young's the guy. Bryce Young's the guy. CJ Stroud very much made it difficult for the Carolina Panthers yeah. um, to take him. So. Again, I don't know the specifics because I don't watch enough college football. But if you have a guy like that who's an arguable first round, first overall pick over a guy who didn't really do much for you. And again, he didn't have any weapons. He didn't really have a lot going on. Davis Mills. Why wouldn't you just go with CJ Stroud and try and build this guy's career? I would say devil's advocate because I agree with what you just said. But why not start Davis Mills for the first three games, show everybody that your team is not good because their team is not good. Do you know anybody on this team that's in front of us? Gary and Jason. You know what? I don't mind the running back one, Damian Pierce. I think he could be a good fantasy pickup. He could be one of these expendable running backs who has a great season, just carries a portion of the team's load on his back because he actually seemed to do pretty well last year. And they do have a – it's a defensive-minded running back, which or sorry, defensive-minded coach, which means that the running back is an important position for them. If your running back is defensive-minded, that is a <laughs> bad, <laughs> fumbling running back. Um, so you're not wrong, Damian Pierce. And they did pick up Devin, Devin Singletary from Buffalo to back him up, which is a good backup to because, you know, you need two running backs on the team now. Um, their wide receivers are weak as shit, though. Nico Collins, Robert Woods, John Robert Mechie. Woods. We've talked about Bobby Robert Trees. Woods before. Greatest, yeah. name, greatest nickname ever, Bobby Trees. But that's all, right? That's all he has. Yeah. Where was he last year? Tennessee? No, he was here. I just don't think he had any knees. I thought he was on Tennessee last year. Oh, yeah, he might have been, actually. You're right. You're yeah, right I think he was yeah. on Tennessee. You're right no impact whatsoever. No. I think I had him on my fantasy and let him go early just yeah. because there was nothing happening. I think he had one bad injury, if I'm not mistaken. And it just never really panned His out. two ACLs went on him. Yeah, two ACLs? Yeah. How many ACLs you got to Just spare? the two. Yeah, that's, that's... None to spare. None to spare. Um, I would still start Davis Mills for game one, game two at least. Let the fan base kind of dictate when you put cj stroud in because you put cj stroud in right away fan base turns on you for not winning games whereas you put davis mills in fan base turns on you for not winning games you have something to switch to you know what i mean i get that and you know what it's a double-edged sword because if it doesn't work out you're almost putting more pressure on cj stroud to change something around when it was never going to change around I think it really doesn't matter. You know your team is nowhere near competing right now. So whether you start him to lose the first few games and try and build a little traction, or you bring him in out of desperation. If you bring him in out of desperation, people want to see results. People want to see something different. And you're bringing in a guy who has no experience versus Davis, Mil- Davis Mills's last year's experience. Why is he expected now to make his son an impact? He's not going to make a sudden impact. He still needs to go through those growing pains. He still needs to go through that uh, learning curve. So I don't think it actually makes much of a difference if you put him in four or five games into the season expecting a change out of somebody who has no experience. 
So you just accept the fact and the best teams can just kind of cancel out the fans for a bit in let, let them know, hey, we're not going to do well right now, but stick with us. It's a development period. Yeah. They'll get on board with it. The fans will get on board with it if, yeah. you, if you kind of tell them that's what's going on. So let me ask you a question about this with the Texans. Based off the teams we're talking about in this episode, NFC, AFC South, Falcons, Saints, Panthers, Bucks, Titans, Colts, Jags, Texans, are the Texans the worst team? I think so. I think when we can't name any bright spots, we're reaching at arguing Davis Mills versus CJ Stroud <laughs> to try and make an argument for this team. Yeah, I but I don't think that's uh I don't think it's a surprise to anybody. Look at the Texans last year. Yeah. The Texans only weren't the worst team by one play on the last game of the season by Lovey Smith. Yeah, so they should any anything should be you win a game for the Texans as a Texans fan, you should just be happy. Win two, be ecstatic. If you put five on the board, great season. Okay, so let's go on to a team that's constantly, constantly disappointing their fan base. Indianapolis Colts. New head coach, Shane Steichen from Philly, their offensive coordinator who did great things with Jalen Hurts. Now they also drafted a uh, quarterback in round one, Anthony Richardson, but they did bring in Gardner Minshew as well. I think Gardner Minshew has a bigger lore attached to his name than any sort of performance. He's still young, I think. He's I hate Gardner Minshew. I know you don't like that look, that the whole image he's got. No, it's not even that. It's not even that. I don't think he's good at football. I think his look, right, his look and his his image make people like him more than his athletic ability. Yeah, I I agree. I don't think he is the answer to turning a franchise around. The best you could hope for Gardner Minshew is going one and three in a period where your quarterback's out for a bit. Yeah, he is the definition of rock flag and eagle, instead of like <laughs> actually winning reference. football that's games. That's a great reference for anyone who knows that reference. Rock flag and eagle. That yeah, is Gardner Minshew. That is him. To a T. But I mean, I think they also have a quarterback. And this is, I like, I argued the opposite. We're saying, like, maybe put Davis Mills in there. But I think the Colts have to put in Anthony Richardson, their first round draft pick, um, in at QB right away. For sure. Because Gardner Minshew, I don't think he's going to steal games for you. No. So why not develop a guy? The only thing is, who's this coach? Because I don't know if you're aware or not, but Jeff Saturday didn't work out last year. I had a good run though. He had a good half season. I like he was on ESPN Friday and on Sunday he was on the sidelines coaching. And the fact that even in the offseason they're like, Yeah, we're gonna give him a couple more interviews, see if he can keep his job is wild behavior. He was set up to fail. Nothing against the guy. No, they put him in there just to just he to get had by. No chance yeah. of succeeding in that situation. Yeah. So I don't know, like the Colts Jonathan Taylor was not great last year. Does he bounce back this year? His skills there, his like, athleticism there. I would like to there. see it, but man, I have so much, and this is just maybe a negative uh, persona of mine. I have so little faith in guys bouncing back in bad situations. I don't think he's in a better situation to bounce back. Rookie quarterback? Yeah, no way. Can't you be. know? But I think he's a great player. If you went to another team, I think he could have a bounce back situation. But it's tough to change the QB from a, a like a. Matt Ryan, who's a, who they went into the year with last year. Carson Wentz before that. And you have veteran quarterbacks. I know, but you have veteran quarterbacks 
that should help running backs that are young succeed. Now you're going to a you're going to a rookie quarterback at best drafted in the first round, or you're doing Gardner Minshew, and you have to remember your zone scheme blocks. You got to remember your man blocks instead of like just trying to run the ball. It's a little different because you got to protect those guys a little bit more because they don't know what's going on. Whereas that's frustrating. Like that is a frustrating thing probably for a running back. It's like, just give me the ball so I can run. Why are we giving it to a guy that like barely knows the play? Do they not pick up another wide receiver? No, they're Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce. Uh, they got Isaiah. Mc- no, they picked up Isaiah McKenzie from the Buffalo Bills, who was their third wide receiver. He will be playing the slot here in Indianapolis. He is actually very quick, very fast, um, sneaky good finding those open. We talked about tight ends earlier this episode about finding that open position, that open hole. Um, he is very good at that. He yeah. did it in Buffalo very well. He was supposed to be a breakout in fantasy last year. Didn't quite do it, but um, he. I don't know. Like the, the again, a young quarterback just wants someone to find the holes that are open early so that he can get the ball out of his hand so he doesn't get tackled because everything's that much faster so before we move on to the last team in this division the best team there's a question i'm going to ask you for every division and maybe this week you just say no and we move on every year in the nfl there is a worst to first situation is there a worst to first in these two divisions um there is always a team but i'm going to say no i will say this if there is a team in this preview, it's probably the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the only reason I say that is because we don't know anything about Kyle Trask. Baker Mayfield could come back and get that team. They just went to a Super Bowl two years ago. Two years ago, they went to the Super Bowl, and all they lost was a bunch of hope, a coach, and Tom Brady. You've missed the question entirely because they were first in their division, so they can't go from worst to first. They would stay uh-huh. first to first. So that's a No. There's not one in this division. But they were so bad last year. Can it be worse? They were losing. They the were the best in their division. They were the <laughs> best in their division. But they're so bad. Yet I still have to repeat it one more time. They were the best team in their division. Then no. There's no, no. team. Not in this. this. Okay, let's move on. This Jags. Is the team. We Jags. talking Jags, baby? We talking Jags. We talking Jags. Love the Jags this year. Duval County? What is it? Duval. Okay, I got a hot take right away. I don't know if you're like this. No, I hate it already. Trevor Lawrence, not. I'm not gonna place a bet on this, but I will pick him for MVP of the league this year. Trevor Lawrence, MVP of the league, 2023-2024 season. That's he was one. so good at the end of last year. Got them in the playoffs. He's finally showing what he's doing under head coach Doug Peterson. He knows what the offense is. He knows how to run it. He has all the skill in the world to do it. My MVP pick for this year, coming out of the AFC South, which we shat on all year last year. He's got new weapons. We can talk about them in a second. But I mean, I'm not going to place a bet on it because it's. I don't I think know, that's I don't a great bet. To but place. I think it's a. I think don't it's tell a the pick. people you're poor. Don't tell the people you're poor. <laughs> I I just don't see it happening only for the fact that I still want to back my boy from last year who I think deserved it but didn't get it for the politics of it. And I don't disagree with In this with... episode we talked about it, right? No, Jalen Hurts. I think uh, Jalen Hurts should have been the guy. I get Mahomes didn't not deserve it, but also Jalen Hurts didn't not deserve to win it, which those double negatives doubled up might not make sense to the average viewer, listener. Anyway, 
Uh, I no don't one, think no one views this and less people listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think Trevor Lawrence takes that MVP, but I think he has an improvement season. I think he is the right kind of player that is looking to improve. I don't think he lives this lavish celebrity lifestyle of just you know throwing his entire skill set down the drain for a little bit of fun today. I think he's in this for the long run of being a great football player, and I think he does what needs to be done to be better. So I think he does improve. And I think the Jags are definitely the team to compete with. After that playoff one, that was one of the most exciting playoff games I can remember in the last few years. Coming back from, what were they down? 24 points, 28 points against the uh, Chargers? First half, yeah. Your Chargers, by the way. Your Chargers. I Okay, so <laughs> Justin, Justin, our intern, brought up the uh, betting stats for the top favorites for MVP this year. Number one, Patrick Mahomes, then Burrow, Allen, Herbert, Hurts, Jackson. Trevor Lawrence is seventh at plus 1,600, means you put down a $100 bet um, on Trevor Lawrence. He wins, you get $1,600. That's not bad. Again, I I might put money on that now because if he does lead this team to the playoffs with a a five-game over 500, he's the MVP of this league. Yeah. And they did help him out this year, so they— they traded for Calvin Ridley last year. Now, they knew that he was going to be suspended for a year, and I actually don't agree with his suspension, which because no. there's new suspensions no. that are coming out this, this offseason for guys that are just, they say, um, one year. But they're betting on football and on their teams, whereas Calvin Ridley did put three bets, I think, on football. But, yeah, I, I don't know. But – um. Calvin Ridley looks fast. I don't know if you saw that video of Zay Jones running a route and then immediately after Calvin Ridley running it, it seems like 17 times faster than Zay Jones did. But they got Christian Kirk beside him, who had a great year last year, got hurt, um, slowed him down a bit. But those three guys, and then Travis Etienne and Brian Robinson, what's the running back's name that was? um, Oh, James Robinson. James Robinson, yeah. The, like this offense could be. He seemed to have a great. quite of a substantial decline, though. James, James Robinson. Robinson yeah. yeah, well, I mean, they gave a lot of more balls to to Travis Etienne, um, and like they do do like to kind of throw the ball to the tight ends and stuff. Um, well, they gave their tight ends some. Big also, money. they got rid of James Robinson. Yeah, they traded him away. I forgot about that to the Jets early last year. I did forget about that. Um, thank you, Jason, for picking that up. Uh, Travis Etienne will be the starter. Jason Tank, fired. <laughs> get a get a load of this guy, rookie Tank Bigsby, is now currently in an RB two spot. That's a name. Eh? That is a that's name. a football name. That is a Tank name. Bigsby. If, if you, you didn't think I was already big on the Tank, my last name is Bigsby. If your name is Tank Bigsby and you're not running over guys, I don't know what you're doing in the NFL. This, that's a great name. That is a great name. Tank Bigsby. That makes me like the Jaguars more. Oh, yeah. They almost might be a team you like. I might fa- I might favorite them over the Chargers now. Yeah. I can't have two teams named after cats that fucking suck, though. So I'm going to go back to the Chargers. Well, no, you my can AFC be the team. Lions and then your, you know, your little, like, junior cats team, right? No, nah, I'm going to... A Jaguar smaller than a lion. Well, the Lions are the team. jungle. They're your junior team. They're junior cat for your junior team. Yeah, the lion's the king. You're the jungle. That's your king team, and then you got your junior team. It's the jaguars. Yeah, just waiting to yeah. elevate above hyenas for the rest of the scraps in the NFL. 
There is no hyena team, oh. but there is hyenas that eat all you the things that jag- lions eat. A male jaguar take a caiman by the skull and just rip him out of the river? That's a thing. <laughs> That's a thing. That happens. I'm, I don't know what to say right now. Yeah. I'm looking at someone to help me out. Jason's oh, no. left the room. He doesn't want anything oh, no, to do no, with no. this He's conversation. Gone. Gone. I don't know. You're in the lion's den. I don't know what you're talking about. All I know is that I love these Jacksonville Jaguars. I think out of all the teams so, we've talked about today, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars have the best record out of all the teams we've talked about today. I agree, but let's let's set some uh, you know reality for the Jaguars. Winning the division, I don't think, is the goal. I no, think winning a playoff game. I don't even think winning a playoff game. They won a playoff game last year. I think reaching the um, conference uh, conference round. You think playing against the Bengals and Chiefs, beating one of those teams to get to the conference round. Yeah, like last year they had an epic game against the Chiefs. If you remember, that came down to like pretty late in the fourth. That was not a decided game. So this AFC this year is going to be heavy. We're going to talk about all these teams later, but. Jacksonville is one year removed from making the playoffs on an okay year. And now you think that they are good enough to compete with the Bengals and the Chiefs at the top? I don't think that... I think they're as good as last year, if not better. I think everybody is just only getting more experience and has more of a thirst to get there. I think their goal isn't to win the division. I don't think the goal is to get through the first round. I think their goal is to get over that hump from last year. That's the target. Isn't the hump from last year, though, just one win in the playoffs? They lost mm-hmm. in the playoffs. No, they beat the Chargers. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, okay, so they, they beat had to win the Chargers, yeah. and then they got to the Chiefs, yeah. and they had an epic game against the Chiefs where the Chiefs just outmanaged, uh, uh, outplayed right. the clock. Making they were in that game. They were in that game. They were very much in that game. Yeah. There was a couple odd penalties that happened, if I remember correctly, in the fourth, but they were in that game. Maybe I will adopt the Jaguars as my... That's your junior cat team. Junior cats. Yeah. I love this team. I think Trevor Lawrence is a real, real quarterback in this league for the next 15 years. And the one thing you have to do for a quarterback that's young like that, it's in the third third season, which is when they're supposed to dramatically improve. You go out and you get them a one wide receiver, a top 30 guy in the league that sh- that should be above and beyond the second position at wide receiver, and they did that with Calvin Ridley. Um, hopefully he's stayed in shape during his suspensions. Again, they weren't injuries. They are just suspensions. Um, I think now, this Jacksonville team is going to be exciting this year. We touched on this last year because we've only had one year to do this, but with the Deshaun Watson thing, how many players in talk- pro sports do you know that sat two years and came back better? That's the only part that kind of gets me with Calvin Ridley. A kid who's kind of entering or in his prime, sitting two years never really looks great on you. This that that that's that gap so in your I, resume. Yeah, I will. Can you argue explain that, the gap in your resume, sir? I will argue that quarterbacks hard time coming back because they are the bookkeepers essentially. Running backs is a more physical position. I think wide receivers. I think they take less hits. Um, now, get me wrong, when they do take hits, some of them are more vicious because they're spread out trying to catch a ball. But I will say that if I believe that if out of the skill positions and quarterback, the wide receiver position is the easiest one to take a year off of. Sure. But what about two years? It's a year and a half. He's, he, I'm just he saying. He stopped halfway saying, through out of mental health. But he's still if he's still physically, and from that video, he still looks very fast. He does, but 
it's a different game once you suit up. All I'm saying is it's tough to really back a guy with one and a half to two years off in his prime. You know, that, that, I'm not saying it can't be done, but it's rare. It's rare that a guy comes back better than where he was without top-level competitive drive. Yep, I agree. I'm trying to think of a wide receiver that did that off the top of my head. I can't think I of mean, it. I mean, OBJ, how much time did he have off? Sure. And they still don't believe in him. And he came back almost one Super Bowl MVP, and they still don't believe him. He only got a one-year deal. He came back in the Super Bowl, but it just showed like how much of a toll that took on him. He got hurt again, and he was having a great Super Bowl. Yeah. Score a touchdown in the Super Bowl, you've already done well. You've oh, already he done was enough. he was on his way to be MVP of that Super Bowl. Easily. Um, you're not wrong, though, but we'll see. All we know is that we can just guess, and I think we did a pretty good job um, previewing the NFC, AFC South. We'll be back next week. We're not sure what division we're going to do yet because we very much go on a whim. That's it. I'm running down the clock. I'm Tyler Walzak here with Puyo Ricey. We'll see you next week. Running Down the Clock is brought to you by the Ordinary Podcast Network and is every Thursday running until the week after the Super Bowl. We hope you enjoyed enough to subscribe and tune in again next week.